Hello, I'm Llewellyn King, the host of White House Chronicle. The new president, Joe Biden, will face a multitude of domestic pressures and problems. To look at some of these and how he may find his way through them, I have asked two of the most informed people I know, both happen to be, I'm glad to say, friends of mine. First is Joe Madison, who broadcasts as the Black Eagle. He is the host of the Joe Madison Show on Sirius XM Urban View Radio Channel 126. And my friend Clinton Vince, who is chair of Denton's US Energy Practice and co-chair of Denton's Global Energy Sector. Clint, what do you see as the largest single domestic pressure which will be brought to bear on Joe Biden and the new administration? Well, I think it, I, I'm not sure I can narrow it down to one. I, I think of 2020 as having basically four C's of challenges for governance, COVID, climate, cyber, and crisis in terms of economic disruption and also uh, social inequity. And I think those issues are going to be front and center uh, for the president-elect. He does have a um, uh, good leg up now on uh, COVID because of the vaccines and the miracle of uh, science. Climate is going to be a huge issue for him domestically and globally. And uh, cyber, we have Russian hacking at an unprecedented level and uh, ransomware on our cities. And that is going to have to be dealt with in a much stricter way going forward. And then just economic disruption, social unrest and the need to really reform uh, a lot of our social systems. Um, Joe, uh, what do you see? Uh, I see one of the problems is going to be huge expectations from many constituencies. How is that going to play with your constituency, the African-American well, <clears throat> constituency? First, I would, I, I would absolutely totally agree with the list that, uh, that Clint came, came up with. There is no if, ands, buts uh, about that. Um, the one thing I would add to this list, I think that Joe Biden is going, is going to have to be extremely aggressive in dealing with white supremacy uh, in this country. Um, now, that certainly may fall under the category primarily of, the, of whoever the new attorney uh, general is. Uh, but I am extremely worried about organizations that have uh, felt that they've been empowered uh, over the last uh, four, four years. I'll add something else, and, and that is, and we don't hear ab about it a lot, and that is revamping, re-energizing uh, infrastructure in 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 our uh, in our cities and and the and the country generally. Um, we've got to get that back on 
on track. Um, now, I will also say that I'm somewhat optimistic, uh, guys, and that is, I think people are ready to, once this, this vaccine vaccination kicks in and things, people feel safe, I think we're going to see, hopefully, um, not an explosion in our economy, but people willing uh, to, to spend, um, to, to, to go back to movies, to uh, go to restaurants. Um, and I'm hoping that, um, that that will be the case. And let me add one more thing. We have to really look at uh, livable wages. Uh, increasing minimum wage uh, to help get people back on their feet and the economy running again um, next year. We have on this program different times discussed whether some sort of works projects administration uh, will be needed. Uh, for those people who have permanently lost their jobs because the businesses that employed them have failed and they're not coming back. It's estimated that possibly of individually owned hotels, and many of them bear national names but are locally owned, uh, about 70% of them are in financial trouble. Restaurants, Yelp, the, uh, the company that tracks these things, Yelp says 63% of them may fail. Uh, that is an enormous amount of work, and it's also work that people with limited skill can do and enjoy doing. No, I think your points are compelling, mm -hmm. Llewellyn and Joe's as well. Uh, Joe mentioned infrastructure, which could play a major role if we get enough stimulus type of funding. Uh, that could put a lot of people to work and create a lot of new jobs. We talked about climate. I think work on renewables, solar installation, right. energy efficiency could put a lot of people back to work, those jobs, that, that was a sector of the economy that was really growing before COVID hit. But um, jobs is critical and infrastructure is critical and we need to relate the two. I was talking to a lady, a very smart lady on this different program uh, who is the deputy city planner for Brownsville, Texas. And she said they have such a severe uh, divide them, digital divide, that many of the school children do not have access to broadband. What that mm. says to me is you're looking at a lost generation. One thing I know about education, which is not a subject I know a lot about, uh, but that once a child doesn't get the education they need, say between the age of eight and nine, there's like a hole there that can never be filled in. It goes like throughout their lives. The things they didn't learn will come to haunt them later. Should we have you know, whatever it is, the equivalent of a Marshall Plan to find the kids and educate them and give them some great preference they wouldn't get otherwise in catching up and feeling secure that they have caught up. If well, they feel might... they haven't caught up, they will feel inferior when uh, put against those who are following behind, or those who came from better homes where there was better computer literacy to keep them 
somehow educated during this terrible time. Joe? I, I, you know, I'm Llewellyn, I was, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what I was saying, I, 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 again, to me, that's part of the, the infrastructure. I wasn't talking about just roads and, and, and highways, but um, you, you hit on it. I mean, this is absolutely the new infrastructure, as far as I'm concerned, and Clint, you know, you, you made the point that, my goodness, um, this is like, let's go back to the Tennessee Valley Authority days, where the South didn't have electricity, most of the South. Well, once they got electricity, the economy boomed, the, the region boomed. Um, and that's how I look at this, this broadband issue. Now, this, this is going to sound funny, um, but our, our, grand, <laughs> our, our, our grandchild, one of our grandchildren, they're starting to lose their baby teeth. <laughs> and I was teasing her and saying, well, the, the uh, tooth fairy will leave you some, some money, just put the tooth under the pillow. And she came back at me and said, there is no such thing as the tooth fairy. I said, what do you mean there's no such thing as the tooth fairy? And no, there's no tooth fairy. I said, well, how do you know that? I looked up on the internet. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling that story because in large part, you are absolutely right, Llewellyn. Um, this is part of the infrastructure that I hope Congress will follow the lead of some members of Congress, like James Clyburn of South Carolina, who has a plan in 2021 to introduce bills that will broaden uh, the access uh, to the internet. It, it's, it, it is, it is critical, and it, and it shouldn't be for just those that can afford, um, you know, uh, internet. It it has to be for everyone, uh, every child. Or you you hit it. They'll, people will be forever behind, and then we've got a major problem uh, in this uh, country. You know, Llewellyn. The um, first of all, Joe talked about the infrastructure going way beyond physical infrastructure, probably the most important modernization that's needed is of digital infrastructure, then physical and also social infrastructure because returning to an earlier point, one of the things that um, uh, the Biden administration is going to need to do is sort of restore the rule of law, depoliticize the Justice Department and do the things that uh, Joe was urging in terms of improving and protecting against white supremacy and improving um, the protection on uh, or elimination of social inequity. But the point, do you, Llewellyn, on digital divide is so severe. We represent cities where um, as much as 30% of the population doesn't have consistent access to wow. uh, the internet and they have to, parents have to take their children to libraries yeah. And have mm -hmm. them park in the parking lot just to do their homework. And it's not just an urban problem. It, it gets Whoa. very bad with uh, rural as well. There are some great solutions. I think uh, Joe mentioned the Tennessee Valley Authority, which brought electricity to that portion of the country in the southeast, which was so vital. 
the uh, Rural Electrification Act, as you well know, Llewellyn, brought electrification to through the use of electric co-ops to rural America. We need to do that with broadband as well so that people everywhere in this country uh, can get connected. And well, look at I, the jobs you create. Look at the jobs that uh, that are, are are created. I, I saw a I saw a, a, a article about a study, where, and you don't have to have a college education. There was a study that, that, that what was it? A group of of, of business see of, of major CEOs, companies, CEO companies, have said that they are going to hire the uh, over one million African Americans, um, and they won't need a degree. They won't need a college degree. Um, and so, when you start talking about the, the digital divide, we're talking about jobs. We're talking about creating jobs that won't require a four-year uh, um, degree. Well, I think that's a bit of another issue and a very interesting one. That is, I think we put too much emphasis on four-year degrees. Uh, we impose what I've said on this program before, and I've written about it, what I call the mortarboard ceiling, where you regard it somehow as an inferior individual if you have not got four years of college behind you. Uh, and I think that's just an unfortunate social construct that... Uh, hampers a lot of people and leaves them feeling inferior, but also keeps them from getting or even applying for jobs which they could do handily if they were allowed to try. But often you are excluded from that if you don't have a degree. I think it's a very unfortunate division and it does create two societies in our country, which is a society of those who graduated college and a society of those who have left after high school. Let's talk about the other side of, uh, of infrastructure, the roads and the bridges. Clint, are we going to have the resources for that and how contentious is it? Well, Llewellyn, that's a great point. I mean, with the economic disruption right now, uh, cities and communities have had their budgets slashed um, and they, they just don't have enough money to modernize infrastructure in the way they need to. At the same time, we're having this huge urban migration, so more people flooding into cities. So we need a stimulus package that focuses hard on infrastructure. We need to have much more creative um, financing mechanisms that have worked very effectively in other parts of the world, like private partner, private public partnerships in terms of funding opportunities. I would add into the mix that the most important infrastructure, we talked about uh, digitalization. We need to modernize the electric grid. We're moving from a one-direction grid, as you know, to a bi-direction and multi-directional grid, which will help consumers reduce their electricity and be much more efficient. President-elect Biden has uh, promised huge activity to clean up the atmosphere, to reduce pollution, to meet very stringent goals uh, for air pollution over the next uh, several years leading up to 2050, when we hope to have largely conquered this monster. Uh, Joe, how important do you think that is and what success will he have 
And if I could add a second question to my question, uh, how much pressure inside the Democratic Party will derail the president? Well, I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but as you were, as you were talking and, uh, and Clint was, everything he's saying is so on target. You know, guys, it came to me that I think the, the, the big pressure is going to be, how do we pay for it? Congress is clearly going to have to uh, find ways to get that money and transfer it over to all these projects that we're, that we're talking about which speaks to what, what type of, of president Biden is going to be. Um, if, he can, if he is going to be a centrist, now I'm just thinking out loud, then he's going to run into some major pressure from the young progressives that are feeling their oats, uh, very vocal, and uh, the whole tax structure may in fact have to change uh, to invest in, in all of these projects that, that, we're, that we're talking of, about. So I think there will be pressure uh, from some corners inside the, uh, the uh, Democratic uh, Party uh, simply because of, of, of the funding that's, that's going to be, uh, be required. Um, that's true, but also, also you have uh, a tendency, I think, to expect that all the solutions are going to be government solutions. Well, so yes, we, we do. I mean, yes, we, we do have that tendency, and that's, that's, where, that, that's where the progressives are going to put, put the pressure. I, look, I'm, I'm, I think I agree that we may be on the same page. I think there has to be, a, a, you know, a government private sector partnership like we've never seen before. I believe that is, in fact, the, uh, the way to go. Um, you know, we, and can I say something else about all this expectation about mobility, roads, and that type of thing? I just wonder how much our society is going to change now that we're doing what we're doing here, Zooming. I mean, you may have seen me uh, get a little distracted because this, this has almost become the norm. I, I don't even know uh, if, if broadcast studios will ever be the same because now we can do everything from our living rooms and, 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 and businesses will be, have to look at whether or not they need the overhead uh, that they that they have, um, and I tell you something else. I was thinking about, and and that is when I all both of you have traveled around the world. I think the United States is pitiful when it comes to our rail system, particularly for passenger rails. To to go into countries where they have high speed rail, and and here we are. Uh, with antiquated rail systems that haven't been improved in what, what decades? Um, I'm hoping that that will be uh, issue too. No, so am, right, Joe. It's am not I making case, sense on that? Uh, I mean, very much, very okay, much. But it's not be, just not that these rail much, yeah, systems 
have not yeah. been improved. They've deteriorated. Yes. Uh, we once had wonderful, the world uh, streamline came from an engine introduced in 1935, the first diesel trains when all the world was using steam. Uh, but we somehow lost our way there. We haven't lost our way everywhere. And sometimes I think there's a tendency because we want to see something happen to think that the government will make it happen. I would refer to you, for example, to charging stations for electric vehicles. They're coming. Right. We right. don't have to worry about the government <laughs> building charging stations. Right. Somebody's going to find out that it's quite a profitable little business yeah. Uh, yeah. and that it lends itself to, to franchising and to a very large scale uh, cash flows. I don't think that's a problem. I think the government should leave it alone. It's coming fast. I say, let's look at Elon Musk and for a brief period yes. of time say, in any situation which comes up, what would Ellen do? Uh, uh, he may not be the most lovable man. Yeah. Oh my God, he's created the electric transportation, well. uh, uh, the whole electric uh, sunshine transportation. And uh, of course, he's revolutionizing uh, uh, intergalactic travel. Uh, the man is on a winning streak. Let's hook on to him and see what he would do in other situations. Or, um, or, where, or where are the other Ellen Musk? I mean, they're I, out I, there. I mean, the point I, is- I think we have a danger of two yeah. things. I think we yeah. have a danger that the, uh, the left-wing of the Democratic Party will set the agenda, which will actually play into the hands of the remaining Trump feeling in the country, which is quite strong. Remember, 74 million people voted for him and will prevent uh, the Biden administration from some clear-headed actions it should take. Uh, I don't know whether the president will be strong enough to resist the constituencies within the Democratic Party. What do you think, Flint? Well, it's, it's a terrific question that's unanswered right now. The, um, you know, Biden by being centrist won the presidency. I was expecting much more of a landslide for the Democratic Party and down ticket. And that did not occur. I think right. that the Republicans misrepresented what the Democratic Party stands for, but they did it effectively. The, you know, you were talking about uh, climate a moment ago, which has really got to be one of the great uh, threats to our planet, threats in the United States. I think Biden is gonna be tremendously successful on, on climate and he has to be. And uh, his job is going to be to first of all, um, form a coalition within the Democratic Party to get consensus on very strict uh, mandates and goals. And then he's going to have to sell that beyond the Democratic Party to the American people. But I think it's such a critical issue, he'll be able to do that. The, the um, internal politics of the Democratic Party are fascinating to watch now, but I haven't, uh, I, I think most of the people that Biden is appointing uh, to governmental positions and has appointed are, um, they're progressive enough. And they will also, I think, help unify the Democratic Party and really they're pros. So I think they're gonna get things done. 
The other big issue, and we're running out of time now, that we haven't discussed that is really going to bedevil the country until we get a philosophy and a program to deal with it, is rebuilding the healthcare system, which oh, was yes. in tatters to begin with, and it is now in more uh, disarray than ever. The hospitals are going to find themselves severely uh, handicapped financially. A lot of people are going to be hurt very much when they get bills for their COVID treatment. Yeah. The whole rickety system is shaking apart. We need something to put it back together or a new and more durable system. I read, for example, we have a terrible shortage of nurses. We may very soon have a shortage of doctors. From top to bottom, we need to re-examine how we do healthcare and how we train our healthcare workers and how we look after them. Joe? Well, uh, no, no, there's there's no meat left on that bone. You cleaned it. I mean, that, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, Joe. Well, that's okay. I mean, you said it. Can, I know the time is running out, but and I'll say this in, again in kind of a humorous way, but in a way I'm being serious. You know what I'm looking forward to more than anything else. Well, among other things, that we will not have a freaking tweeting president. Please, I, I mean, please, this will be one of the greatest things that can happen to us in 21 and the next four years. I hope Biden doesn't tweet anything and we get back to communicating uh, where we can be, where we can read, understand, and it doesn't have to be so many words. Um, I say that humorously, uh, but um, uh, I'm, I'm just hoping we, we start acting like um, that our government officials start acting like adults. And I think they will. I mean, I honestly think they, they will. So I'm being somewhat facetious, but um, I'm sick of tweeting. I'm sick of Zooming. You know, I want to get back to interacting with human beings face to face. Clint? Uh, I really do. The last word will be yours. Well, it's such a, such a good point. I, someone once said that um, our society has now lost the ability to agree on what's true. And I'm hopeful that uh, President Biden is going to allow people with differing points of view to express themselves, but also come together on what's true and, and have less yeah. of a polarized society. Truth is something we very much hope for. That is our show for today. I thank these two wonderful friends of mine for coming here. And now they can relax. But do remember, although the vaccine has arrived, it isn't here yet. Put your mask on. And happy holidays. Cheers. White House Chronicle is available as a podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. We are there.